Well, another week of volatile trading as we head into June. Volatility has been really wrapped around weather. We're going to be talking about that here coming up in just a moment. But Coley and Kavanaugh are brought to you each week by the Allen County Farm Bureau. And they've got some special stuff coming up. But this next one is about local taxes. And there's a meeting coming up that I want to tell you about. So stick around right after we get done with this week's Market by the Numbers. Those kinds of wins that come from what the Farm Bureau gets involved in only happen because of your membership. So please consider a member. Membership. Go online to it, pays to be a member.org. Well, we start again with a segment from our friend David Coley, who is working his way back into the program, and uh, we sure appreciate that. David, this has been a weather market as we got into the month of May. So give us your thoughts on what's going on with the weather. Ah, uh, the weather and definitely hot through the weekend. Maybe a little cooler next week, but when's it going to rain? And how much is it going to rain? If you did get some rain in the last week, be glad you did, because all of eastern Iowa, Illinois, and Indiana, and Ohio only had hit or miss showers. So if you did get some rain, be awfully, awfully glad you did. But with El Nino being talked about considerably and continues to stay talked about, it looks like the weather will be hotter this summer. But then with that hotter air and hotter water over the west coast of South America, that should push some rain up toward us. Also, we did see some buying this week, not from us. We bought it from Brazil. That's right. We bought beans and corn from Brazil. We'll see if they continue to do that. Well, there you have it, David Coley, coming back to the program in bits and pieces, and we sure appreciate it. John, you know, he really kind of nails it there when he's talking about the weather and its influence. But boy, this market has really been volatile this week, and it really kind of bounced back and forth, it seems, every time there was a new headline about what was going on with the weather. Oh, yeah, weather, weather, weather. We had a very dry May across the Midwest that allowed the crop to get planted in a very timely fashion, and that's good. But eventually, we have to have some rain. (laughs) And as we all know, it's going to last for a while longer. And I keep hearing that the weather gurus say that we're going to see a shift change around the middle of June. So we're going to keep this up for another couple of weeks. After that, we better get some rain. I don't think there's any concern (laughs) about damage at the moment, but... (laughs) You know, we're talking about waiting till the 15th for things to change. (laughs) So, yes, we're all getting nervous and tense, and the market is, too. We've had a sharp retracement of that huge break that occurred back in mid-April to mid-May. We've had more than a 50% retracement correction of that. Now, where do we go from here? That's the big question. But we're still looking at an El Nino for most of the summer. That is typically associated with good growing weather for the Midwest. So I got my fingers crossed. Yeah. Well, they keep talking about how good the weather's going to be. But uh, still, I saw a headline this week that said, quote, drought tightens grip across Corn Belt. 34% of the corn hit with drought. So, yeah, I appreciate the point you brought up there about we're really not looking, at least at this point, for any damage to that freshly planted corn and soybean crops that are out there, but it sure is a concern. You know, most of the drought actually is, uh, so far anyway, across the I-States, although the western Corn Belt has been a lot drier longer than we have. You and I were talking this week about some of these plants that had uh, recently gotten planted and that uh, subsoil moisture, there was plenty of it and enough to really drive these roots on some of this freshly planted corn a lot deeper and a point that you have made That bodes well for the rest of the growing season, because if we do go through some of those hot spells, those deeper roots are going to serve those corn plants real well. Yeah, so this dry weather, actually, assuming we get into at least a normal pattern across the Midwest in a couple of weeks, this dry spell is actually beneficial by driving those roots deeper. So any additional dryness for the rest of the summer, you've got deep roots in there to go after that subsoil moisture. So 
It makes uh, the crops even more resilient. Looks good on paper when they say it's going to rain, but uh, until it gets here, uh, we're not going to count those chickens. Hey, listen, you always tell us that it's important to watch bases, and corn bases in the West is uh, beginning to break down this past week. I saw that in Cedar Rapids, it was down like a dime this week. Is this a harbinger of things to come or just an aberration? No, I don't think it's an aberration. What happened in the past couple of weeks? We've had a huge rally. You know, we watched the market sell off greatly. We all got surprised by how weak it got. Then it bounced back. So uh, there's still a fair enough amount of corn in storage. The farmers took advantage of that. You know, the market's back. I better sell some, and that breaks the basis. A smart move at this point. Whatever you're holding, get rid of it. Gee, we've, we've only been saying that since January. Come on now. I mean, there were a lot exactly. of things that were a lot of things pointing to this. So it's not a real surprise yeah. that we've gotten here at this point. That's exactly right. You've talked a lot about spreads and uh, how important those are to keep an eye on. This was one of the things that came from the guys at Stonex this past week. They said a very rare situation has developed where wheat has imploded versus corn and forward spreads have blown out to large carries. We were talking about that last week toward the conversation about feed and how wheat at one point, because of corn prices, was a better option to, to feed. And so between the two of them, it has a lot to do with that spread. So give us your recent thoughts on that. Well, one thing we have to remember about wheat, it's a world crop. The U.S. is actually fairly small. Uh, we're, we're a net exporter of wheat, but we're a relatively small producer of wheat. As you mentioned before, we're seeing a lot of wheat out of Eastern Europe being imported into the United States. So that gives us comfortable world supplies of wheat, and therefore wheat spreads are going to stay uh, comfortable, and they're going to be, they should be showing carries. So it all makes perfect sense to me. One of the other notes on wheat, I think you saw it as well. Torrential rains flooded a key wheat growing area right at the start of harvest in China and expecting to be hit by even more rain over the next handful of days. And they dispatched a bunch of emergency teams to try and drain the water out of the fields. And I was laughing to myself because I'm thinking, how do you drain water out of a wheat field? That's got to be some kind of a project. But the point of it is, oh, is that especially in China <laughs> and, China, and China being such a huge consumer of pretty much everything. At some point, if their crop really goes downhill because of getting flooded, that's got to mean something on the global stage, doesn't it? Oh, it sure does. You know, trying to get information out of China, as you know, is very difficult. But uh, <laughs> yeah. how significant is all this rain and flooding? Well, it could be something very significant, and maybe China's going to start importing a lot of wheat. That's a distinct possibility. We don't know enough about what's going on in China, so we'll just have to keep our uh, ears perked up and see what they do, see if they're going to come after world wheat or not. One of the other things this week, and of course this goes to uh, what's going on in South America, South America has just had some phenomenal crops, and I understand that their harvest of the Saprina corn crop is just now underway, so we'll know a little bit more about that as time goes on. However, this was about the soybeans coming out of Brazil this past week, and reports were that there were three cargoes, three vessels uh, loaded with soybeans coming yeah. into the U.S. That? Well, you got to realize that when you look at factors other than the weather, they're almost all bearish. And there's another one right there. Yes, between June 4th and June 11th, approximately three cargoes, 120,000 tons of soybeans are going to be exported from Brazil to the east coast of the United States. Now, to do that, beans have got to be dirtbag cheap, right? <laughs> and that's Correct. what's going on is those beans in Brazil, they're so plentiful and they need to move them. The price is just uh, terribly cheap. So therefore, don't look for good U.S. exports for quite some time. That's good. They're going to be in trouble for a long time. Yeah. 
and we can actually import beans into the United States. And that's not very many. It's about 4 million bushels total, somewhere in there. No big deal. What is a big deal is the fact that it can be done. And that puts the top on the market right there. It kind of says, well, you know, the world's got plenty of beans. And they're so cheap in Brazil, we can bring them from there. Just for your uh, information, the buyers of those beans were the uh, large chicken producing company, Purdue, ADM. And the seller out of Brazil was Cargill. And to your point, three vessels, that doesn't really move the needle. It's more about what it says. And what it says is our final word today, which uh, you and I actually collaborated on this one, only because we got the same intel coming across our desk, but it really (laughs) is kind of interesting. So, I mean, usually when I say final word, you know, you surprise me with something. Again, to the point about these soybeans coming in to the southern part of the United States out of Brazil, it's also one of the things that you just kind of alluded to is, is that USDA this week redid their numbers for our exports this year for corn, soybeans, pretty much everything else as well. Yeah. Uh, but you know, part of this is, is is that Brazil's government reported May soybean exports of 15.6 million metric tons. That's up from 10.6 a year ago. That's a 50% increase for crying out loud. Yeah. You know, Brazil continues to add more acres of of corn and soybeans, especially soybeans. Their yields are improving as well, especially in corn. And uh, we have to watch that. And, and this has kind of become a concern is because uh, you know, they're expanding acreage, uh, of course, every year. And it's averaging about 4 to 5 up to 6% a year. So that's that many acres coming into production. Yields, of course, are improving. And China's demand for soybeans in the last couple of years has actually uh, dropped some. I mean, they're still they're still coming after soybeans, but it's tailed off. They're not uh, the year-to-year increases the last couple of years have not been as big as they were previously. So Brazil's getting larger in terms of production. Maybe mm-hmm. demand is leveling off. And th- and Stonex brought this up. This is not original, but does this mean is, is Brazil someday going to lead us back to eight dollar soybeans? What do you think? I'm waiting for you to answer that for me. I have no idea. <laughs> Last little word here, though, we'd like to point out is that well, the Sabrina crop in Brazil, it's rated 20 points better than it was a year ago. Analysts are raising the crop and also prevent plants going to be very small this year because of the dry May. Even North Dakota dried out some and producers in North Dakota are telling us that there's going to be less prevent plant than what they thought just a week ago and less than last year. That's more acres total versus a year ago. Another bearish factor. Colleen and Kavanaugh brought to you each week by the Allen County Farm Bureau. And like I said at the top of this segment, the Allen County Farm Bureau has made me aware of the fact that there is going to be a public hearing next week on a proposed local income tax increase, not a property tax increase. And county residents could pay up to 0.2% more in local income taxes, according to a proposal the county commissioners made to the council on May 18th. So, the Allen County Farm Bureau is encouraging members to attend the public hearing on Wednesday to express their concerns. Again, that is coming up this coming Wednesday in Citizen Square there on Berry Street in downtown Fort Wayne. But again, this is the kind of stuff your local Farm Bureau gets involved in because of the way it affects farm families. Support your local Farm Bureau with a membership. Go online to it. Pays to be a member.org. Podcasts by Federated Media.